Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tonight, as President Biden visits hurricane-ravaged Florida and promises lasting support, the new action his administration is taking on gas prices that are on the rise. The president tours damage with political rival Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, but says the two are in complete lockstep in helping the hurricane's victims. We're not leaving until this gets done. Plus, CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is in hard-hit Fort Myers Beach. This is one of seven mobile hospitals set up to ease the burden on overwhelmed health care facilities. The breaking news, North Korea fires two more missiles. Gas prices to rise? Why Saudi Arabia and Russia, as part of OPEC, agree to a big cut in oil production? What it means for what you pay at the pump? CBS News exclusive as Brittany Griner spends her eighth month in jail. Tonight, her wife speaks only with Gail King. How this four-legged player is stealing the show at City Field with the goal of helping veterans. He could change someone's life. He will change somebody's life. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. President Biden just arrived back right here in Washington after getting a firsthand view of the devastation in Florida from Hurricane Ian. The president and first lady surveyed the damage before meeting with local residents, business owners and political rivals, including Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. One week after the Category 4 storm made landfall, residents and businesses were allowed to return to Sanibel Island for the first time to see what's left of their homes. Nearly 300,000 customers are still without power, and many residents still have no access to water. Disaster recovery centers say they've distributed more than 9 million meals, 34 million bottles of water, and 500 generators. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas will start us off from Fort Myers Beach. Good evening, Manuel. 
Good evening, Nora. President Biden announced that FEMA will extend full reimbursement for debris removal for an additional 30 days. That's important in places like Fort Myers Beach, where we're not just talking about what the storm piled up, but also the ruined items that people continue to pull from their homes. A week after Hurricane Ian left parts of southwest Florida in ruins, President Biden toured the damage by air, calling it historic and promised long-term federal support. I want the people of Florida to know you have my commitment and America's commitment that we're not going to leave. The president was briefed by Governor Ron DeSantis, who announced a road to isolated Pine Island had been repaired. We said we can restore and provide a temporary bridge. So we did that and that opened today. So Pine Island is now restored to the mainland. Also today, anxious residents of nearby Sanibel Island were allowed back for the first time to check on their homes. Returning to scenes like this, street after unrecognizable street. To help Floridians get back on their feet, FEMA deployed mobile registration centers to process applications for assistance. More than 200,000 families have applied, seeking money for food, clothing, and home repairs. It's definitely a Meanwhile, medical personnel from around the country are staffing makeshift medical units from the Department of Health and Human Services, like this one in Cape Coral to ease the load on local hospitals. This mobile hospital has been operating for about a day and a half, and already they've seen nearly 100 patients. They're equipped to handle anything from serious injuries to checkups. We want to make sure that every person in the county that needs a medical, that has a medical need, gets taken care of. We're not just talking about injuries from the hurricane or cleanup, just regular emergencies. That and also to the fact that all these people, their, their primary care doctors are closed. Uh, they've got nowhere to go. It's not just the patient load. Many of the area's hospitals have doctors, nurses, and other staff that have also been impacted by the storm. They also need help. Nora. Manny Bohorquez, thank you very much. Tonight, the White House says a decision by OPEC Plus to cut oil production is a clear sign the group is aligning with Russia. The oil cartel led by Saudi Arabia announced a cut of two million barrels per day, the biggest such slash in production since the start of the pandemic. The decision will likely lead to higher gas prices at the pump. President Biden is expected to order the release of 10 million barrels of fuel from reserves to try and stop that from happening. The national average for regular gas is up seven cents since last week. Overseas, Ukraine's President Zelensky says he has more good news from the front lines as his troops force Russian soldiers to retreat. Today, Ukraine's army entered the Luhansk region for the first time since the war began. That's on the your top right of this map in the red. Ukrainian soldiers have now taken back dozens of towns once claimed by the Russians. CBS's Charlie Daggett traveled to the newly liberated town of Lehman. Ukraine's rapid counteroffensive on multiple fronts is gaining pace by the hour, sweeping deeper south into Kherson while pushing further into the eastern Donbass region after recapturing the strategic city of Lehman. We traveled there today where we saw the scars of the ferocious battle that raged for days. The trail of destruction even leading up to Lehman stretches back for miles. A local resident told us most of this damage was done in the days before the liberation of the city itself. On our journey to Lehman, 
Colonel Serhii Cheravachi told us the victory was down to strategy and Western-supplied weapons. Which weapons were important in this fight? Artillery. Artillery was very important, he said. American weapons and, of course, the HIMARS. Down the road, a bombed-out convoy, vehicles used by Russian soldiers who tried to escape the onslaught. Even among their scattered belongings left behind, further danger lurked Russian anti-tank mines. So, too, left behind the bodies of Russian soldiers found on the road in the immediate aftermath of the fighting. We reached the center to find a city in tatters. The few remaining residents emerged grateful for aid workers handing out a few loaves of bread. There is no electricity, no running water, and no heat for their homes. With winter on the way, and no guarantee the Russians won't return to try to wrestle this city back. The colonel told us Lehman is not just a military loss, but a blow to Russian morale. And tonight, we're told troops have advanced to at least another 12 miles past that city. Nora? They are on the move. Charlie Daggett, thank you. Let's turn now to some breaking news. North Korea has launched two more suspected ballistic missiles toward the Sea of Japan. The latest missile launches come just two days after the North fired an intermediate-range missile, which flew over Japan. Today's launch is seen as an apparent response to U.S. military drills with South Korea. All right, there's big news in Hollywood tonight. Word of a surprise settlement in a wrongful death civil suit that will allow filming to resume on the set of Alec Baldwin's Western called Rust. It comes nearly a year after that deadly shooting. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. Tonight, a shocking outcome even for Hollywood. Action on the New Mexico set of Rust will resume this January with actor Alec Baldwin, even though he's still under investigation in the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Baldwin was holding the gun when it went off. Her husband now will work with Baldwin as one of the film's executive producers. How unusual is this? This is highly unusual, as is almost everything about this case. It's a turnaround for Matthew Hutchins, whose attorney earlier blamed the production. Had they not been reckless, somebody doesn't get shot on a movie set. Today in a statement, Hutchins saying, I have no interest in engaging in recriminations or attribution of blame, adding the film will pay tribute to Helena's final work. Baldwin acknowledging the specific desire to do what is best for Helena's son. Helena Hutchins was killed last October by a live round fired from the prop gun Baldwin was holding. Baldwin publicly claimed he did not fire the weapon. Well, I didn't pull the trigger. But FBI investigators determined the gun couldn't be fired without pulling the trigger. It's unclear how the civil settlement will affect a potential criminal case. It's going to be very hard, I think, for the Santa Fe DA to move forward with criminal charges against Alec Baldwin and the producers of Rust when the man who lost his wife has agreed to participate in this. And four people could face charges, including Baldwin himself. The DA today says they will follow the facts and the evidence of this case, adding no one is above the law. Nora. Quite a story. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you so much. Well, we turn now to our CBS News exclusive with Sherelle Griner. That's the wife of WNBA star Brittany Griner. In an interview with CBS Morning's Gail King, she said she's worried about what will happen on October 25th, the next hearing for Brittany. BG, as Sherelle calls her, has been jailed on drug possession charges in Russia for nearly eight months. What could happen to Brittany in two weeks? 
In my brain, I'm like, please, in two weeks, have figured this out. Um, but the reality of the situation is that once that hearing is held and the order is finalized, BG's now in the position where she could be moved to a labor camp. And I, my brain can't even fathom it. Um, obviously, it's not for sure, but me and BG are operating in a position where like, we have to prepare for the worst. Absolutely frightening. Well, you can see much more of Gail's interview with Sherelle Griner. That's tomorrow on CBS Mornings. Well, tonight, police have released chilling surveillance video of a California family being kidnapped earlier this week. Well, the suspect is now in custody, but the four victims, including an eight-month-old baby, are still missing. CBS's Carter Evans has the new details. Investigators say this surveillance video shows the kidnapping in progress Monday morning. The suspect in a mask, first leading out brothers Jazdeep and Amandeep Singh at gunpoint with their hands zip tied behind their backs. He walks them to a pickup truck, then returns for Jazdeep's eight month old daughter and her mother. We're focused on this. 100% of our energy is trying to get our family back. Police discovered the truck on fire, but the family was nowhere to be found. Investigators honed in on a suspect after he allegedly used one of the victim's ATM cards. But when they tracked down 48-year-old Jesus Salgado on Tuesday, police say he attempted suicide. We are currently with the suspect now at the medical treatment facility, uh, waiting for the doctors to uh, get him to a point where he can cooperate. That person right now is our, our sole lead on where the people are. And with the family still missing, relatives are begging for the public's help. Every store, gas station, everybody who ever have the cameras, please check the camera. If you guys have any helpful tip or video, please provide it to the sheriff department or law enforcement department. Right now, investigators suspect money could be behind this kidnapping, and that's based on Salgado's prior criminal history of robbery. Nora. Just frightening. Carter Evans, thank you. We want to turn now to the midterms as we are just five weeks away from Election Day. One state we are following very closely is Arizona, which could help decide control of the United States Senate. A new CBS News battleground tracker poll shows the races for Senate and governor are competitive. Democrat Mark Kelly now has an edge in the Senate race. CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports from Tempe. For anyone arguing that democracy is under threat, Arizona is ground zero. Here, three top Republicans running for office openly repeat the unfounded claims the 2020 election was stolen. Mark Fincham is most vocal about it. We have more questions than we have answers, and that's why I call it irregularities instead of fraud. He's running for Secretary of State, a job that would put him in charge of elections ahead of the 2024 presidential campaign. His Democratic opponent, Adrian Fontes, worries about what could happen if Fincham wins and Donald Trump runs again for president. He may not certify an election that Donald Trump doesn't win in 2024 as well. Is there any reason to think Mark Fincham would do something to not certify results if Donald Trump doesn't win Arizona? It's not about Donald Trump winning or losing. It's about were their votes cast outside of the law? Did the counties follow election process and the law? If they did... Let the chips fall where they may. But if they didn't and somebody has an objection, that's why we have a legislature and that's why we have the courts. 
By a four to one ratio, Arizona Republicans prefer officials who say President Biden didn't win in 2020 to those who say he did. Another issue on voters' minds, abortion, after a judge here reinstated a 19th century law that ends virtually all abortion access. Just leave women's bodies alone. As a man, we have no right, no, like, we should just shut up. Our CBS News poll finds most Arizona voters think abortion should be legal. Longtime Republican Heather Carter publicly left the GOP to back Democrats who support abortion rights. When you talk to women in Arizona and they share their personal stories one-on-one, many of them are using this issue as the deciding factor in the 2022 election. As we mentioned, close races here for governor and U.S. Senate. Democrats are leading big with voters concerned about abortion rights, while Republicans are gaining traction with voters concerned about immigration in this border state. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Well, we want to turn now to the sharp rise in book bans in America's schools and libraries. A recent study found hundreds of books mostly focused on LGBTQ themes or racial issues have now been forbidden across the country. CBS's Elaine Cajano goes in-depth. A small Michigan town is locked in a war over words. The battle is over these five books with LGBTQ themes. These books and lifestyle choices are destructive and wrong. Last month, a group called the Jamestown Conservatives led a successful drive to essentially defund the library. They want those books removed from the shelves. I feel like we've kind of stepped back in time talking about book banning. Library board president Larry Walton opposes moving or removing the books, calling it censorship. It's heartbreaking to be associated with this situation. Across the country, book banning in libraries and schools is gaining momentum. A recent study found more than 1,600 books were banned in more than 5,000 schools in 32 states. Jonathan Friedman of the free speech advocacy group PEN America. What we've seen are citizens calling um, and filing criminal uh, complaints about books available in, in libraries, and I've seen that in numerous States. Community standards in Jamestown are not the same as in New York, L.A., or even in Grand Rapids. Jamestown resident Dean Smith wants the books off the shelves. I don't want any sexually or violently graphic material on display for kids to see when they come in the library. Oh, my gosh. Emotions remained high at the September meeting. Board Treasurer Deb Fridsma. And so I appreciate passion, I do, but it is a slippery slope. You cherish your freedom. What you're doing right now is taking other people's freedoms away. The final chapter here will be written in November, when voters will again be asked to decide on funding and the fate of the library. Elaine Quijano, CBS News, Jamestown Township, Michigan. A SpaceX rocket blasted off today, launching two women on an historic mission. More on that when we return. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, 
New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. History was made today as a SpaceX rocket blasted off from Cape Canaveral, Florida. The crew headed for the space station includes NASA's Colonel Nicole Mann, the first Native American woman to travel into space, and the first Russian to fly on a private American spacecraft. All right, New York Yankee Aaron Judge makes history. How much is that home run ball worth? That's next. New York Yankee slugger Aaron Judge made home run history Tuesday night, blasting his 60-second shot over the wall this season. That makes him the American League home run king 61 years after Roger Maris hit 61 homers. The ball was caught by a financial advisor from Dallas. A sports memorabilia expert has offered him $2 million for the ball. All right, we'll be right back with Major League Baseball's most adorable player on four legs. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. We end tonight with this year's MVP, the most valuable puppy. CBS's Nancy Chen reports. Here at City Field, home of the New York Mets. Back at the wall, it's out of here. There are plenty of star players. This is Shay. He's a service dog in training. But few are as obsessed with the ball as this. Good boy. In a first for Major League Baseball, the Mets Charitable Foundation teamed with America's Vet Dogs to sponsor Shay. The nine-month-old lab will eventually be matched with a first responder or military veteran at no cost. What is the importance of training Shay in a place like this? He is learning you know, socialization skills, interacting with the crowd, interacting with the players on the field, and ultimately that will help make him a better service dog. He is absolutely my best friend. Air Force veteran Nathan Gardner got Kinzo in February. It's been life-changing. Knowing that I'm not alone anymore and taking me out of that despair and getting me strength and helping me find myself again. 
Good boy. Shea will continue with the Mets through spring training next year. He could change someone's life. He will change somebody's life. Steady. A winning play all around. Good boy. Nancy Chen, CBS News, New York. I love dogs, too. Well, that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.